And here we are again, live from the shed. Um, Great. Happy happy, <laughs> um, happy uh, Tuesday, because it's all the Tuesday. Happy twos. Cho- Tuesday, bro. Because it's all the Tuesday today. It's fucking February. Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Choo, choo, choo. 2022. 2022. <laughs> Tuesday, so. Anyway, what's going on, Coming Zach? Coming to you live. Um, nothing much, although um, today I've been running uh, this thought through my head. I'm thinking about siphoning gas, starting my own little side hustle. And siphoning gas from the local cars Look, in the neighborhood, the, and then the th- reselling gas at a markdown price. Here's the thing, though: Have you seen the prices of gas these it's days? Crazy. I'm sure you have. Yeah. <laughs> um, the thing is, with siphoning gas, you're gonna have to get gas in your mouth, which sounds terrible. I don't care. Uh, I'll just no. spit it out. Yeah, but just still, spit it out. No, just... <laughs> ain't worth it to me. And then it goes flowing, and I'll be tapping my fingers. It'll be like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm out there in a trench coat, buckets, <laughs> pouring gas into them. Uh, you know, speaking about gas, dude, I went, I went past, I went past a fucking Shell station earlier this week, and the cheapest gas was like 4.75. I swear. Yeah, it's crazy right now. Oh, it's now. a nightmare. But part of it is also because uh, we. Uh, and I've gone around to the point where we voted like, in an act to enact a tax on our gas, like to pay for. Um, I forget what exactly it does. It pays for something, but there was. Oh, it's all bullshit because you know gas prices are high around the world. That's true. They're cranking it up artificially and then pretending like it's oh it's politics, oh it's inflation. No, it's the you fucking can. it's fucking the evil oil companies that control this shit. And you know what? I it started off as a joke, but I'm it's like legitimately become something I'm contemplating. Like people during the '70s, during that oil crisis, the OPEC oil embargo and whatnot, were legitimately going around siphoning gas. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like, why not? It's becoming more and more tempting as each with each passing day. Every day you turn more and more into an always sunny character. <laughs> anyway, so um, let's uh, speaking of gas, you know. Let's talk about electric cars. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about electric cars. Sure, I love electric cars. I love an electric car. But there's one electric car I don't love, and that's Tesla. Do I, you like the Teslas before Musk bought the company, the old school Teslas, before it was I, Musk I don't. I, I don't even think I, I knew of Tesla before. Oh, really? Before. I, I, I would see them like they're super fucking rare. And even even here in the Bay Area, which is where they were based out of, I'm pretty sure, I, you would see them like once in a blue moon go past you. It was a Tesla Roadster. It looked very yeah. sporty. You would see them go past you on the road and go, oh, what no, car I is mean, that? It make I'm, you do a double take. I mean, I like the idea of making electric cars that look cool because mm-hmm. that will help further adoption of it. And, you know, we need to change to a renewable resource. You ever see that old documentary that was released like in the yeah, early 2000s? Yeah, what killed electric car. Yeah. Yeah. The answer was pretty obvious and clear. <laughs> it was big gas. <laughs> the oil companies. Big oil companies, yeah. yeah. Um, so, the reason why I wanted to talk, and I guess this is a return to the, the corporate slam piece, but I just, I just thought Tesla is embroiled in a lot of uh, different scandals all at once. And I thought, hell, 
Why not? Why not kick a horse while it's down? Or, mm. <laughs> or no, I think well, they're not down. Musk is living it up these days. Time person of the year. <laughs> True. Twenty twenty one. So let's go with the first one. First one on February 9th, the California Department of the Fair Employment and Housing filed a lawsuit against Tesla over racial discrimination at its Fremont factory after receiving hundreds of complaints and conducting a 32-month investigation. So basically, it described as the treatment of black workers where there was a practice of kind of segregating them into areas that other employees referred to as the plantation and the slave ship. (laughs) (laughs) No way. Um, Regulators also say that black workers were subject to slurs and racist graffiti at the plant, that the company was slow to erase, and that they were given the most difficult jobs and denied equal promotion and pay opportunities. You know. Boiler room racism, uh, yep, corporate racism. For sure. Um, and in 2017, Musk sent an email to employees that seemed to concern a previous class action lawsuit where um, basically a, a, a black worker described having to go through some pretty terrible shit. Um, uh, where discrimination? He wrote, yeah, discrimination. At where the workplace? He, yeah, and he wrote, uh, Musk wrote, that anyone uttering an unintentional an unintentional slur should apologize and that the victim should be thick-skinned and accept the apology. <laughs> Yikes. Only the the only kind of logic given from like a, a autistic robot like like, like <laughs> apologize victim accept the apology. And of course, you know, in November seven women have sued the company over alleged uh, workplace sexual harassment, mm-hmm. so you know. Not a great place. So let's let's move over to. This is the same guy too that wanted to leave all his factories up and running during the pandemic at the oh, yeah. you know at the start of it, and then he had his had his sanctimonious moment where he was like, um, in Fremont the factory is open. I, I if the police are going to a- arrest anybody, I ask that they arrest me. You know he had that oh, sanctimonious moment where yeah. he you know it's all publicity. He yeah. just loves to talk. He loves to milk game. it. He had anyway, no intention ever to get let's arrested. Let's go further because there's even more. A day later, a nonprofit advocacy group called the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine filed a much publicized complaint with the U.S. Department of Agriculture concerning the experiments by Musk neurotechnology company Neuralink in conjunction with the University of California Davis. The group says it obtained records that indicating the experiments attempting to implant computer chips in the brains of macaque monkeys were plagued with a pattern of extreme suffering and staff negligence. Of the 23 monkeys, monkeys involved in the experiment, 15 died. According to the group, lab workers used an unapproved substance called bioglue that destroyed some of the monkeys' brains and also caged the monkeys alone. Um, Bro, this guy's like Jeffrey Dahmer, yeah. fucking injecting shit into monkeys' heads yeah, and mean, trying to turn that, him that, in. That's crazy. Them. Well, because like Elon Musk is like, the future is uh, a ch- a chip that we put into our brains that we're constantly connected online. Oh yeah, because we have to remember that he's a visionary. Yeah. And, oh, um, I'm a visionary. Oh, I'm so brilliant. But this guy gets all his ideas from like science fiction, and then they're all super half-assed and never pan out. Like, is there, is there ever going to be this chip my in your brain was that, anytime was that, fucking soon? My favorite was that clip of the tunnel in Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, his Hyperloop in Vegas. 
and well, it's the cars have, driving through yeah, the tunnels. And there's just yeah. traffic. Oh, he's such a dildo. Um, so anyway, it's because he likes to. He's he's all talk, no game. Like you know, and he does these. He has these grandiose, like sci-fi esque ideas that he peddles around to the public. So with the idea, his intent is. To have, make it like people be like, wow, he's brilliant. He's a visionary. He's stunning, pushing, brilliant, he's, stunning he's pushing and brave. the boundaries yeah. of technology. And, and and then what's in reality is happening is they're fucking filling up poor old macaque monkeys' brains with chemicals. And then the monkeys are dying and they're like, oh, oh well, it looks like uh, we're still many decades away from this technology. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, but yeah. It's like, but all anyone- the sycophants that love him will be like, you know what? This is, uh, this is, uh, what the cost of 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 revolution technology technological revolution yeah. this is the cost for advancement and progress they're basically a bunch of sexless losers who are into <laughs> crypto let's continue around the same time spacex discovered that solar flares in a geomagnetic storm knocked out as many as 40 of the 49 satellites it had launched on february 3rd as a part of its project to provide internet access from starlink starlink is what it's called yeah the incident potentially cost the company up to a hundred million dollars I think possibly more, but yeah. that's just probably what. Yeah, they, 100 million seems yeah. low to launch fucking satellites yes. in the space. At yeah. least 100 million, but 40 of them? Yeah. Those each satellite alone, I bet you is worth a f- at least s- several million alone. Right. You know. It's just I It's just I he had I, it's just like it just shows that he is basically the rich guy from Don't Look Up, yeah. right? The the rich technocrat yeah, yeah. guy. He basically is like you know like he works with the government. He gets government funding. That's mm-hmm. what keeps a lot of his companies afloat, which pisses me the fuck off, because you know God forbid we give some money to our public schools or you know shit where it actually matters. But no, we'll give it to fucking Elon Musk so he can dig a For hole. For his like failed essentially vanity projects. That's what yeah. they are. They're vanity projects because they're he frames them as like a service to humanity. That's how he likes to be viewed. Yeah. But they're they're purely for his own ego and his own like public image, so that people look at him and like I said, view him as this brilliant genius visionary. And you know what? I saw this tweet on Twitter it works because I saw this tweet somebody responding to him it was so cringe inducing uh, he had tweeted something I don't remember what it was and somebody had responded and he had like I think he had liked the tweet too just to show this is what he lives for somebody responded to him saying you realize one day they're gonna build statues of you right and I was like oh, oh yeah. dude <laughs> dude like, no he lives to hear stuff like these projects exist so he can get compliments like that what do you, what do you think's more cringe that or the logic fan that I always point to. <laughs> oh, definitely you... the Musk fandom. The yeah. Logic fans are just music, you know, music fans, which is not harmful in and of itself, on its own. You know, whatever, Logic. And Logic has stepped away from the public sphere, too. So, you know, but Musk lives for this, and he's everything he does all his projects all his failed you know sci-fi-esque in in innovations are just purely there for his public image so that he can like look like some tony stark like he likes to be compared to tony right. stark iron man of you course. know so he can look like some tony stark as he's a nerd 
He's yeah. A, he's a, yeah, he's a loser. <laughs> yeah, a loser. and I mean, like, yeah, he lives to, like, f- I don't know, constantly, whatever co- fucking complex he developed in his youth as some nerdy rich kid, you know, you know, whatever feeling, whatever he felt, whatever desires he developed from this, from this complex he developed, you know, that's him now is well, constantly trying to make up for that well, and get public praise Musk, and have people view him as some genius to make up for a, a, a childhood of feeling like I just being a weirdo and living off of money yeah. from a uh, blood emerald mine diamond mines and and now he wants to make up for, to make to make all that emerald suffering mines. as an autistic yeah. young weirdo feel justified now he he needs to feel like you know all this praise for being a genius yeah. He just, he just sucks. And also, he already... He's not know, a genius. There's nothing a substance. He already Name p- one Tesla product you or people you know use. There's a Tesla cars or any Elon Musk product that's benefited exactly. anybody. There's the cars, but they're extremely expensive. Well, I don't know anybody that owns a Tesla. Yeah, well, you know what? Like, kind of going back to the Neuralink chip, Elon Musk has already had something plugged into his hair. His head. His hair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a hair plugs joke. It was. This is not good. Um, is that something you're familiar with? <laughs> no, you have an eye for, no. for catching that kind of stuff. Well, no. It's just funny when you look at the picture of him from when he was at uh, uh, PayPal. The picture of him where he's got like just no hair on top, and now he has like a full head of hair. It's like yeah. it's obvious. Yeah. Anyway. Well, what money can't buy? The last thing to round out all these scandals going on. For Elon Musk, poor Elon. But these scandals um, don't even affect him. Like he's still chugging we- along. He just ignores right. them. This week, the um, the National Tr- uh, Transportation Authority mm-hmm. announced as la- launching an investigation into Tesla in light of many complaints about phantom braking, an apparent glitch that makes the cars abruptly stop even when there are no obstacles present. Hmm. So, it's like, it's like he has all this lofty shit, but like even the base thing that like, you know, made him big, yeah. you know, he can't even get that right. Hmm. <laughs> so, you know, and that's all I really have to say on it. I just wanted to, you know, shit on Elon Musk, and since there was all these stories lined up in a row, just thought it'd be a nice... Elon dump. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, like I said, I, I don't think a lot of these things will have much of an impact on him or his public image as a whole, though, because, like, he'll he'll just ignore them uh, publicly. He'll ignore them. If they're a concern for him privately, he'll, he'll either scapegoat, you know, people that aren't him or pay enough money to make the problem go away, you know, because for him... Elon Musk is not your friend, right? So for him, his main thing is Elon is my co-pilot. Maintaining a public image as you know some visionary sci-fi do-gooder Tony Stark who's saving humanity. That's how he wants to be viewed. Although the reality of it is much less, is much more mundane. Where he's he's more so just a wealthy guy who has the buying power to purchase all these companies. He's never founded, and he's not responsible for founding Tesla, for founding SpaceX, or for founding whatever PayPal. He's not responsible for any of that. He's purchased all of them and turned them all into his vanity projects to basically use as tools for his PR. You know, and then he has these fucking wackadoo ideas. I don't think the dude, I don't know if the dude, what he has a degree in. I'm curious, though. That'd be something interesting to maybe find out. I don't know. 
Um, but I don't think he's much of a scientist in reality, you know? <laughs> so he has all these ridiculous ideas. And then and then I think goes and collect gets a bunch of scientists and he's like, make this happen. And they're like, hey buddy, I don't know if we uh if we can we if the technology's here for this yet, I don't know. But I think he's just like, make it happen, make it happen, because he wants to look good, you know. So then you get these experiments with macaques, you know, getting shit injected into their brains, or fucking the t- the the fucking tunnel with so the with the says- Tesla car. It says he has a a BS and a BA from the University of Pennsylvania. Okay, and what? Bachelor of Science, Bachelor in Arts. I don't know. It doesn't say exactly, but... I mean, I'm sure he has a college degree. That's not surprising, but I'm like, is he an Uh, actual scientist? A science degree in economics and a Bachelor of Arts degree in physics. Okay, I mean... The, the economics one makes sense because, like, I think that's really what he's about is, you know, making money. And the the most insidious thing about Elon Musk, aside from, like, him crafting this, Getting you know... government subsidies. Yeah, that's the most, you know, insidious part about him. Aside from this, you know, crafting this public, like, demagogue image, he's trying to form his own cult, become a little bit Trump esque you know in that regard where he's got his own little online cult forming no trump it's not even a little it's a pretty large size people love this guy and and you know live to sing his praises but the most bullshit aspect of this is this dude receives tons of taxpayer dollars to yeah. fund his fucking vanity projects that let's be honest most of them are failures no most people can't afford Tesla cars and Tesla already existed and was producing vehicles maybe not for the greater public but to some extent this this company already existed before him and I mean what is SpaceX bringing us nothing I mean we already have fucking internet why do we need it in space yeah. you know what else do you fucking I mean you, PayPal already existed before we bought it what good what how how is this helping humanity as people like to say yeah He's just. Uh, I believe it when fucking Elon he's, Musk uh, he's, is helping here's, me in here's my the, daily here's life. Here's the worst he's... part: is that he's not charismatic. At least if he was charismatic, then he'd be interesting. I kind of do think he's charismatic in in a certain way. I think he knows how to craft a very good sure. public image. Sure. You know. Um, well, and by, I think he by knows how to. I think he, ship, ship posting boomer memes. I think he knows what to say, like in the interviews and stuff. To to he he knows how to he knows what image he wants, and he think he knows what to say and how to act in a way to craft and you know refine and curate that image you know so in that regard he's he's charismatic that he has a very curated and manicured image that he everything he says publicly is in service to that image you know zach has a very deep hate of elon musk that's why zach blocked him on twitter i hate seeing his tweets dude so fucking stupid and even though i have them blocked i I, I still see see, him because people screenshot him yeah i'll send him screenshots of something elon said because sometimes he'll do some some weird shit like recently like he compared uh, Justin Trudeau to Hitler. Oh, yeah. Veto, right. and, you know, he caught some flack for that. But. Oh, you know, I think um, when that story about the discrimination at the workplace was coming, I think I saw, like, a right-wing commentator like Jordan Peterson saying, the woke mob is coming from Elon Musk now, <laughs> oh, <laughs> or no. something like that. You know, I just, at the end of the day, I just wish this guy didn't exist. I wish he Same. would just fucking go away. Yeah. <laughs> I wish he didn't fucking I exist. I wish he would just go up into a rocket <laughs> and just disappear into space, <laughs> like, straight up. You know, that's that's what we should do. We should, um, you know... Launch Elon Musk to Mars tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, him and Jeff Bezos. 
you know, they'd be like, hey, do a race to Mars, and then boom, we get rid of See, both that's, of them. that's your rich guy you hate, but I think Musk is more harmful to to the public than, than Bezos is, because I think Musk has a greater influence on public opinion sure, than but, Bezos but I does, think... and Musk is actively, um, like... But like, also, he Musk is definitely right wing or right leaning. I, I think he does a good job of not, you know, committing himself to go full right wing, but he dances the line very well. Here's the but problem: he's, he manipulates and has greater influence than Bezos. Yeah, does maybe publicly. in the in the pop culture sphere, but I feel like Jeff Bezos definitely has more power because of the fact that he is like the largest employer in. America, yeah, and in a huge employer worldwide, yeah, and the rampant, they're both bad. So we'll both put them in. Like I said, challenge them to a rocket race and have them just fuck off into space, and then there, boom, done. (laughs) (laughs) I wish it were that simple. I I wish. Yeah. So fuck Elon Musk. I hate him. He sucks, and he's a loser. Cutting analysis right yeah. there. <laughs> He's a stinky meanie. I don't like him. <laughs> Great. All right. Um, so speaking of rich assholes, I have a story for you this week about uh, golf. All right. Um, so this story comes from Lakeway, Texas. Um, so in the city of Lakeway, Texas, a woman um, by the name of Bianca King is suing the town um, f- uh, allegedly alleging that city officials have shut her down unfair unfairly uh, she has a home daycare service um, and she alleges that her business the home daycare service was shut down after local golfers complained about noise from the children at the daycare mm, understandable <laughs> So, I'm very anti-child, so I agree. So the town uh, received these complaints from the golfers at this uh, local golf course, which is um, her her daycare backs up to it. It's uh, located uh, right outside the tee box of the eighth hole. So where they tee up, you know, to hit. Right. I don't fucking golf. Thank God. I'm not a loser. Um, but where they tee up to golf at the eighth hole, um, her, her, her house is right there. And I guess the golfers, um, the complaining golfers, which includes the town's former mayor, <laughs> former mayor of the town, um, complained. Disgruntled mayor. Complained that uh, toys are visible in the yard and that the noise from the children is distracting their playing and mm. ruining their, golfing, <laughs> ruining their golfing game. Um, although King states she never received any direct complaints from the golf course or the golfers themselves and that they instead went straight to the town, um, to, to the town, you know, officials, uh, to make this complaint and ask for her service to be shut down. Um, she says that she was giving, given permission by the city prior that like the, the day, the service, the business met all, you know, requirements and that she was, you know, has the proper permits to have her daycare there. Um, uh, and King started this daycare business, um, after, um, about a year ago after she got laid off due to, you know, that thing, COVID, um, mm-hmm. later off and she opened this daycare business to watch right. over her neighbors and her friend's kids. 
Um, so this is still an ongoing case, but I find it funny that, you know, a bunch of rich assholes at a golf course, you know, were like, those kids are too loud. Ew, the <laughs> and children are, are making <laughs> too much noise. <laughs> they're, ruining. they're ruining my drive. So but it's uh, in Texas, so it's more yeah, like, hey, uh, these dumbass fucking kids. Give me those kids, yep, shut I'm trying to golf. <laughs> Beat them. <laughs> so uh, if if King loses this, so it's now gone to court, and if she loses this legal battle, her business will be shut down, and she'll Fun. potentially be forced out of her house. Cool. Um, so that's about the gist of that, but um, I just story. think this is hilarious because, like, first off, a, sorry if you golf and you like golf. Golf fucking sucks. It's lame. And <laughs> I think most people that golf only golf because I think they feel like they need to golf in order to prove something to no, their I mean, I, uh, I, I compatriots, their I colleagues. Golf, like, a little bit. Look, and I, I like, know there's I, some people out there that genuinely enjoy golfing. Robert, shout out Robert. I know like there are some people out there that genuinely Listen, enjoy golfing. I like golfing. the driving range. That's about it. But <laughs> I think, like, golf itself, like, exists purely as, like, a, like, show-off thing for rich guys. A, it's the status of being able to, you know, afford belonging to a golf club and then be like the status of being able to go out with like other wealthy guys and like and fucking then, yeah. talk business yeah, or it's whatever cock, it's, it's cock measuring amongst the elite <laughs> <laughs> and to me it's just hilarious that you know that these guys were out there fucking golfing and that you know kids are out playing having a good time hello it's the fucking outside it's outdoors there's noises sometimes dogs bark sometimes birds chirp sometimes the sun might shine in your eyes while you're golfing but no for these rich assholes out there in their sanctuary which is the golf course you know no noise no nobody else can be around it's their it's their it's their safe space i agree and the kids making noise while having a good time at daycare is too much for them you know what's the most fucked up thing about golf courses Mm -hmm. the amount of water that they use oh yeah they use a shit ton of water and it is um it's like one of those things where it's like it's like hey i'd rather have water used towards people than having these big you know parks they're basically like kind of mini parks Mm -hmm. but like manicured in a way to where they're like a course and you're not allowed to go it's not like a public park no you're not allowed to go out there unless you've paid to do so and um so yeah they suck that's that's terrible. Here, I got a quote from the mayor, who is, I believe his name is Joe Baines. Um, and this is a quote that he said at the first hearing of this. He said, there are going to be toys out there, and the co- toys, they're, they're, they're leaking onto the golf course. When you walk by and you drive by, you can see, see kids playing out there, which is fine and all, but there's a big noise issue. Hell yeah. <laughs> I, hey, look, I support, so. <laughs> I support any patriot who's speaking out against his county. All right? <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, that's just, yeah, it sucks. And, you know, I mean, it's just... It's just rich people like throwing their weight around and it, you know, it yeah. sucks, but it happens everywhere. And I it's just, just feel bad for her that, you know, she was clearly been out of work due to the COVID pandemic. So she finds some way to, you know, 
keep keep working and make money during this pandemic and that's you know watching local kids and now fucking this just another fucking obstacle thrown at her and this time by like you know people that are supposed to be a part of the community but instead you know yeah they're throwing their weight around and it's like oh i can't have it super pristine and quiet out here on the golf course and i need the kids to shut the fuck up like it just kind of just sounds it sounds shitty it sounds super fucking shitty well you know what i I guarantee you shit like that's gonna happen like especially more and more and 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 now uh, this poor lady faces like losing her business essentially yeah so i think that this is definitely gonna happen like things like this where there's gonna be brush-ups between very rich people and working class people um in like kind of smaller areas especially because remember like i was i talked a while back about how the pandemic kind of made uh, scattered a lot of people like to different places you know they some went to like smaller communities that were maybe a little bit more rural Uh you know places like uh you know black butte wherever um and i you know i i just you know you there's like constant conflict you know like i said go to any like resort town and you'll find people who are you know living it up and then people who are living in their cars so you know it's just it's not even that she's living in her car or anything but this is her business you know and it's be and you know it's being threatened because there's kids playing and that's making noise that's disturbing their fucking golf game that's just so fuck aren't golfers drunk half the time too yeah <laughs> making a bunch of noise well, and shit. They, they're probably just using it as an excuse for their their shit game they're like oh it's these damn kids yeah maybe well, let's but talk- i agree with you it is just a way for them to throw their weight around and like continue to dominate the small community they live in true so, well them. let's talk about another some and other golf let's talk about some other Golf's rich- fucking stupid <laughs> it is stupid dude we're just <laughs> killing golf. it <laughs> killing it with the analysis today um so talking about some more rich assholes let's talk about putin Oh, he's one of my favorite of the rich assholes. <laughs> and no, we're not going to be talking about Ukraine and Russia. We kind of covered it oh, last dude, time. Oh, dude, this is shit. Okay, before we go deep, like this week when I'm, when I think both of us were searching for stories, this Ukraine Russia thing has dominated headlines this it's week. It's all that's so, on. The, it's you know, a- rather than like you know fucking harp on what already all is you know dominating the conversation of most things right now we figured we'd try and find some other stories so so. i wanted to you know and you know my personal opinion you know regarding all this stuff is you know i don't want war and i don't you know and i don't think putin's a good guy but i think also america and nato powers are kind of throwing their weight around mm-hmm. like these golfers yeah <laughs> and you know it's uh um, putin's mad ukraine was making too much noise yeah yeah they're <laughs> making too much noise but you know so i think that's pretty much our opinion on it for the most part i think we're pretty much in agreement there we just but we just don't want to really talk about it because it's just kind of it's like it's, we already like briefly touched yeah. on it last week and now it seems like i mean essentially what it seems like has happened right now is i mean the, there has always been separatists in ukraine for a while i think i mentioned this right. last week what i saw when i when this happened in 2014 right you know i saw journalist over there talking with the separatists fighting against their own government it's a civil war that i've heard somebody say 
it's a civil war in Ukraine that turned into a proxy war for Russia to kind of gain more territory that now is possibly turning into a, you know, a actual regional war, which apparently, you know, Putin recently recognized the separatist regions as, a, as autonomous and he sent in, you know, his peacekeeping forces, yeah. you know, and so but he's just flexing. He's just flexing. What like. we might be seeing here is a civil war that's escalated into proxy to regional to, you know, hopefully not yeah. any greater than that. To be honest, it's not it's not really interesting thing to like go at length about. It's no. just like, and it's also like you know, there's gonna be people's lives affected by this, yeah. and this is gonna probably not end really well. So let's talk about just Putin being a dick, okay, in a funny in a funny way. Hopefully, you don't get assassinated. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Putin, so, I love you. Just for the record, if you're gonna assassinate yes. anybody, assassinate Bosco. Rub the fucking poison on yeah, his doorknob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it all. So I want to talk about a story. It's a fun little story about how Putin stole a Super Bowl ring. Um, what would he get out of that? Why does he want a Super Bowl ring? Well, I'll tell you why. It all started in 2005 when Patriots owner Robert Kraft was in Russia. Another rich asshole. Another rich asshole <laughs> who is with. In Russia with Sandy Whale, uh, who was the president of Citigroup at the time, another rich asshole, <laughs> and um, the Kraft had just received his ring for the Pats win in Super Bowl. Hold on, thirty nine. <laughs> that was that was the amount of time it took me to translate uh, Roman numerals. <laughs> uh, so he decided to show the ring to Whale. After seeing it, Wilde had what turned out to be a horrible idea. Show the ring to Putin, is what he said. I took the ring out. Putin would love it. Putin loves rings. <laughs> I took the ring out and showed it to Putin. And he put it on. And he goes, I could kill someone with this ring. <laughs> I could kill somebody with this. Kraft Did you said, say said, Superb Owl? <laughs> Kraft said in 2013, I put my hand out. And he put it in his pocket, and three KGBs got around him and walked out. <laughs> um, that's not where the story... Oh my god, that, dude, I just imagine that moment where he's like, yeah, Putin, look. And Putin sounds like a bully to amongst rich people. He's, he's like, straight cool, up is. Cool, very cool. It's my in now. It. And then Kraft's like, what can, do you I, have, want to do can about I have that back, Mr. Putin? Yeah. What? I don't know what you're talking about. What yeah. do you want to... And then yeah. KGB just comes in and plays this way, sir, this way. Yeah. <laughs> my ring! <laughs> My yeah, ring. and it's not like Robert Kraft. Kraft. So this is not where the story ends. Okay. Um, it was, so then, interestingly enough, the U.S. government come, becomes involved. The President Bush government. Oh, okay. In 2005. Well, that's a while ago, yeah. Um, I forget how long Putin's been in power for. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> I mean, well, that's that's what happens when you're leader of Russia. That's what happens when you're, you know. An authoritarian. <laughs> um, so, uh, the White House reached out to Kraft and said, it would really be in the best interest of U.S.-Soviet relationships if you meant to give the ring as a present. <laughs> Kraft was told the White House on a call in 2005, I really mm. didn't want to. I had an emotional attachment, an emotional tie to the ring. It has my name on it. I don't want to see it on eBay. There was a pause on the other end of the line, and, a, and the voice repeated, 
it would really be in the best interest if you meant to give the <laughs> ring as a present. I then decided to give the ring as a symbol of the respect and admiration that I have for the Russian people <laughs> and the leadership of President Putin. Brother <laughs> <laughs> Dude was coerced into giving an unwilling gift Basically, to Putin. Uh, Don't create a diplomatic dude, scandal over dude, your Super Putin Bowl ring. Cu- Putin cucked craft <laughs> yeah. he, 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 like straight up cucked him dude Bro, i just like Putin even more after hearing this story i know like look i know Putin like you said he's a not guy. a good guy but, but i can't help but like him. Yeah. this story is makes him more likable well you to know me that he just fucking saw this ring and was like oh very cool american uh, piece of uh, american mine, cultural no. memorabilia yeah and then he yeah, pockets he just pockets it. it. Can I have that back? What? 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 You no, he didn't even. They said that he didn't even acknowledge it. He just walked out. <laughs> well, they, I like to. I like to imagine that he did that whole move where he's like, "I gave it back to you already." What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you didn't. No, I don't know. I, just, I gave it. It's you. You've lost it. Yeah. So again, pre- you know. Vladimir Putin, bad, but kind of funny and kind of kind of a boss. I like to imagine he wears it like just casually. He's like wiping his ass. Yeah. And he's got it on. Yeah, or dude. he's like fucking his wife and he's like fingering her with and, the finger he's got the ring on. And here's the thing: Robert Kraft is most likely not a good guy. All right, so I don't feel. And he bad. has other Super Bowl yeah, rings, too. and I don't feel bad that he lost and he could one. Probably get but, another one too. But like, I just love the idea of. Robert Kraft being co- coerced by the State Department to basically yeah don't create a diplomatic be, don't incident a diplomatic incident and he had to go like oh well of course I meant to give the ring as a president as a you know as president a as a reflection Putin. of our our friendship and glorious mother Russia. <laughs> <laughs> and then you know he uh, put on a uh, uh, what, what are those hats called again? Uh, what hat? The the Russian hat. A Ushanka. An Ushanka. And then he put on an Ushanka and then started listening <laughs> to the Soviet national anthem. But yeah, so I just thought it was kind of a funny story and a way to kind of talk about Putin without having to talk about Ukraine or any of that nonsense and just talk about a fun... What a power move. Ed, what seriously. What a fucking power move to like just Straight fucking up. like pocket that when some wealthy... Um, you know, dude, I, I was about to say dignity. He's not really a dignitary, but a, a wealthy representative from a rival country. Right. You know, comes over. Sh- he's showing off a piece of like American. Uh, it's like essentially a symbol of American culture, right? The Super sure, Bowl yeah. is like an iconic sure. American cultural event. He's yeah. showing Putin this. It doesn't mean anything to Putin. I don't. I don't think Putin even fucking. He doesn't care. Watch the football he, game he in his knows, life. He, Putin knows that he can literally just. Take take it from this dude, and then basically what have the president is. of the United States be like, "Hey, hey there, Robert Kraft. Uh, uh, <laughs> have to let him keep it. Well, we gotta it's let a him, present. We gotta <laughs> let old Vladdy Daddy have have Vlad that ring. We gotta it. have old Vladdy Daddy keep that ring. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's in the best interest of relations. I mean, essentially, it's a trophy for Putin, right? Yeah. Like a trophy of like kind of like a win over like yeah. a wealthy, you like, know, American. Don't get me wrong. Again. 
Putin kills dissidents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's a very bad guy. But you know what? In this one instance, he did something really funny. <laughs> he dunked on him, bro. He dunked on Robert Kraft. And you know what? Fuck the Patriots. Fuck Robert Kraft. Um, you know what? <laughs> I just like to imagine Putin like showing that to people. Like, whatever. I don't know who it bro, is. Bro, bro. I just took it from him. I took it from him. And then the president told him to give it to me as a gift. <laughs> He's showing it to like Xi Jinping. He's like, you know, this is American Super Bowl. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? Yeah, exactly. Patriot. I'm a patriot. Yeah, it's just like, you know. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's just very, it's just very funny. Dude, it's just very funny. It, yeah, it must go in like his. I, dude, he's definitely like Putin's definitely the type of rich guy to have like a fucking personal museum. I bet you know, like oh, a private yeah. museum. I bet you it's in there. I bet you he has he has tons of trophies that he sure. swooped, either been gifted to him legitimately or he swooped in some nefarious way. And he has probably this private museum that he goes down and he's like, oh yes, here's the diamond stole super boring. Here is a vase from a vase from. From, uh, from, uh, <laughs> from Uday Hussein's house. <laughs> he probably like shows that off to like when people visit him. He's yeah. like, you know, he wants to like show off his like private collection of That's like, funny, yeah. of like little stolen pieces of memorabilia. <laughs> So that's pretty much all I had on that. I just thought it was kind of funny. This and is the same guy too, where you know, like you know how they fucking have the KGB, the FSB, essentially now. You know how they like fucking assassinate people, like so, like the, you know. Did you ever hear that story about how they? Uh, I think they're killing somebody in London, and they went up and they rubbed like he was like a Putin critic. And they went and uh, they went up and they rubbed like some neurotoxin on his doorknob in London, um, and they and they like walked off, and then like both the guy and his daughter were poisoned because it like seeped Damn. in through their skin, and they like went up to use the door, yeah, and and it like seeped in through their skin, and then they were found like convulsing and foaming at like you know on the street because they had been poisoned by like FSB agents, mm. you know, um, under I per, per, pretty sure under Putin's orders. Well, he- he just know. wanted to be. He just wanted to be effective. Yeah, I don't see I've also wrong heard with, stories about the the assassins under. I'm pretty sure under his employ, using like this radioactive uh, material to poison people, and they tracked him by because these guys carried it in their pockets on the plane that they took, and they tracked him by using like a Geiger ca- detector, and wow. they f- were able to see that the seats they were seated in were radioactive because these guys were carrying like a like a radioactive yeah. poison to go and poison. Another Putin or so Russia Putin, critic. Basically, he he gets whatever he wants, and he's even, a motherfucker. I heard he, I heard that he flies to work every day in a helicopter. That he like leaves his house <laughs> and gets in a helicopter and then flies into work every morning. I just think of that one song, the one like it's like kind of a meme, but it's like they play the Putin walk song where it's like do 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 yeah. But yeah, anyway, so. Yeah, that was all. I just thought it was kind of funny to see a U.S. capitalist get cucked by Putin. <laughs> U.S. capitalist gets cucked by handsome <laughs> Putin. <laughs> Out of all these all these rich guys we've talked about, I hate them all, but I kind of, yeah, I kind of can't help but like Putin. I personally can't help but like just his antics, yeah. his exploits and his antics. Yeah, and not the like murdering like, of dissidents, but like, like you know, like fucking Elon Musk public image. You can, 
I mean, I feel like a lot of people can see how, like, you know, phony and farcical it is. But Putin's, even though you do know deep down, like, yeah, it is kind of, he has himself a curated public image. But, like, somehow it just is, like, I don't know, it's just more likable. Bro, did you, than see, Elon did you see today? There was a clip that went around where Putin was talking to his spy master. He and, he like bur- and he berates him and he goes like speak plainly uh-huh. speak plainly and the guy's like I uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, the dude's a, really a motherfucker dude, he, have you seen him like when he gets interviewed too like bro, remember when there was like the collusion stuff happening uh, yeah. and they're asking him about it and he's like can you believe how crazy they are over there in America he's like maybe we did maybe we didn't but then you know they have all kinds of funny ideas and, like people are like laughing along with him and he's sitting there and laughing as he says this and this is it was like a legitimate like yeah. world leader press conference yeah. and he's over there like cracking jokes about possibly like he's denying it, but like oh we are so like but he's like kind of alluding that yeah maybe we did do that but he's like doing it in a joking way and like he's laughing people are laughing about it also side <laughs> also side note this is just kind of like a very random thing but since we're on the topic of russia uh-huh. i think that like a lot of like the russia gate stuff is like the QAnon for liberals. Yeah. <laughs> you ever heard that about so. Um just like when the Russiagate stuff was like really popping off, mm-hmm. like when Trump was in office, like it's like look, there very well could have been mm-hmm. Russian, you know, but like the the obsession over it and like the acting like that's like the big like Oh, that's the biggest threat to our mm-hmm. democracy. I yeah. don't think that is. I think, you know... Yeah, it was definitely, like, played up a little bit too much. But, like, you know, I always have this question with Russia. I'm like, how, how like, how powerful are these guys really? Somewhat, somewhat, I think they like to make it seem like, even if they're not doing anything, they like to have people believe that they are. You know, and I think that's kind of yeah. what, when I would see these Putin interviews and he'd be asked about that. That's why he would never give a yes or no answer. Mm. He would like to, like, leave it open. Like, maybe we are doing that. Like, I think that they kind of, like, they gain some power from people believing that they do have the power to do certain things like that you know that their power kind of resides in like what people believe they have the power to do not necessarily what they are doing but like if people believe oh russia has the power to influence u.s elections whether they do or don't is is not really what matters what matters is that people believe that russia has the power to do so and that gives them some strength on the world stage that people believe that they can in fact you know influence us and other elections you know abroad you know outside of russia you know i think that they kind of just get off and that's where like when i would see like i said when i'd see the interviews and they'd ask him about this like he would never give you know yes or no answers and that is even how he's talked about this whole ukraine thing like he's like very vague in the way he talks and it's never yes or no but like he always leaves everything like up to speculation you know it could be yeah maybe we are merely (laughs) just patrolling or maybe you know we're doing invasion like i swear like that's kind of how they operate like internationally like they leave everything in this like gray area where they're like maybe we are maybe we aren't if you think so then you think we're really tough powerful bad guys well i mean let's talk about the u.s state department who's literally like being like oh we're gonna you know we're oh we're gonna send lethal aid Mm. we're gonna send lethal aid if putin doesn't you know stop uh you know encroaching on on uh ukraine and then uh 
and then uh you know they're like posturing like see putin doesn't want he doesn't want diplomacy but like you know literally it'll be you know if we go to war with russia it'll be like a nuclear holocaust will be terrible oh i would hope not (laughs) also for the record i want to say i don't actually think russia is the quote-unquote bad guys i I think that's like a manufactured red baiting you know a relic of the cold war like i like we said again Putin is bad. (laughs) (laughs) But I do think it's beneficial to the entire world if America and the West worked with Russia together to address things like climate change and greater, more pressing issues, you know, and I think definitely both countries leadership has their role in holding that up. But really for the people of both countries, I think it's also beneficial to have a bad guy though. It's beneficial to have America maybe. And for Russia. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it's beneficial for them to have a bad guy to point to the West for them. And in our case to Russia or China or Iran or whoever it might be, but really, I mean, for the benefit of everybody, it would be good, best for those two countries to be friends and to work together, yeah. in my opinion. And I don't think Russia is a necessarily quote unquote bad guy. I don't think there is any bad guys yeah, I'm not in, interested in, the world, in, like, in world politics, yeah. in geopolitical politics. I don't think there is any bad guys necessarily, but, you know. <clears throat> fucking forget about him (laughs) he's not important really all right all right so that's enough we don't need it we don't need to go too much deeper in our attempt to not go deeper we ended up we ended up talking about it i just want to say that because like you know they're in the news a lot and i don't want to have a you know people be dragged back down this red baiting cold war era fucking you know red scare bullshit again totally you know all right so what else you got for me zach okay well I figured you might be interested in this story or have a little bit to say. All right. Um, so this story comes from the town of Wokagan, Illinois. I believe that's how you say it. Oh, Wokagan, Wokagan. Illinois. <laughs> Where a 15-year-old boy by the name of Martel Williams was arrested and spent a few nights in jail uh, after being wrongly accused of uh, mm. shooting of a dollar store employee on February 4th. Um, okay. So he's 15 years old. He's a high school freshman. Um, he's an athlete uh, at the high school where he attends. But uh, about a week ago... He was um, pulled out of class, uh, called down into the dean's office, uh, where he was promptly arrested by police and taken to jail, where the police then proceeded to um, embark in some of their old-fashioned, good old police interrogation tactics, Mm. you know, where they coerced a basically a false confession from Martel. They used some classic tactics such as, you know, keeping him there for a long time, kind of isolated, alone, without much, you know, sensory, in the way of sensory, you know, things to distract him alone in the room. And, you know, they would come back after some time and be like, if you just tell us what happened, you can go home. That's a classic tried and true. Mm, Just tell us the truth. You can go home. And then, uh, um, again, went on to tell him, just say, hey, we knew you, we know you were defending yourself. So just tell us the truth. Give us, confess, Mm. tell us you were defending yourself, and then you can go home. And it ended with Martel Williams confessing, but I believe after the police promised him McDonald's, and ex- mm. I guess they were they were having Good a little bit Mickey of a tough D's. time, and they promised him McDonald's. Mickey D's. So yeah, um, so the police um told Martel Williams that if you confess to this um 
shooting of this employee. Um, we'll get we'll get you McDonald's. Uh, um, I don't know if he actually ever got to McDonald's though. Probably not. Um, but um, it wasn't until later that. Martell Williams was finally released when it was revealed that he was at the time of the shooting uh, in the next town over playing a basketball game. So mm. he had a very clear and obvious alibi that was corroborated by tons of people. And, right. and it was on video also that he was there. So obviously he was released and he's not no longer a suspect in this crime. Good. But now um, Williams' mother is now seeking a little bit in the way of reparations for the damages because this is a very jarring experience for sure, a 15 yeah. year old kid to get pulled out of class, arrested, taken down to a police station where he's held for a and few weeks. Especially a few living days. in America and the way how minorities mm. are often over policed. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, and how, you know, he, a confession was coerced, a false confession was coerced out of him. And, uh, you know, so some damage was done, obviously, probably to him and just, you know, whether it was embarrassment from the situation or just stress, whatever. So now um, his his mother has an attorney and they're seeking something in the way of reparations for the incident. Um, the police department is just hasn't released a statement other than that they've reopened the investigation mm. after realizing they had the wrong kid. <laughs> um, so, yeah. you know, I just think, you know, I don't know if we've talked about this before, but, you know, I think it just um, ties in with, you know, just generally how policing's done in America in this fucking horrible, shitty way. And this is a major problem. I know you are well aware of this. Yeah. You are the one who's actually brought it up, I think, to me many times about police tactics in interrogation. Yeah, and so how they coerce confessions by, you know, exhausting you and saying, hey, just confess and you can go home. We'll even get you McDonald's on the drive back. So just like a little, you know, letting you in a little bit. Um, to those listening, I'm uh, I got a degree in criminal justice. Um, but at the time when I was getting my degree, it also happened to be a very tumultuous time. Ferguson had gone on, got, went on mm-hmm. a lot of different, um, you know, it was from 2012 to 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yes, that was five years. Ferguson, um, (laughs) was that Michael Brown? You had other police shootings. You had, I mean, that was in 2012. We're still in high school at the time, but Trayvon Martin. Sure, yeah. You know, coming off that. Yeah, so, you know, obviously a a ton of um, different stories of how police were overly violent. And that's when uh, I became somewhat of a minority in my major um, other than me and my buddies, where we kind of saw how policing's fucked up and we're somehow getting a major in this thing. Yeah. And you kind of start to see where there's major problems. Like, for example, one stat that always sticks with me is, um, so I became a huge fan of the Innocence Project. I think what they do is dope. They hold um, the justice system. They hang... They hold the justice system accountable (laughs) for, um, for, you know, uh, possibly overlooking someone's habeas corpus rights. Just, you know, um... Yeah, one one note in this story is, when I was reading it, it said when he was arrested at school, 
he wasn't told what he was under arrest for right. just that he was under arrest he was never given habeas corpus and told what he was under and in fact through most of his interrogation it said that he didn't know what the crime was that they were interrogating him about yeah and and a lot of times um cops work from uh the mentality of they already have an idea of who they think did did uh, x crime and it's more about fitting that to uh, the evidence, right? It's yeah. They're working the wrong way. They're mm-hmm. not working evidence first, then come to conclusions. They're working at the conclusion and trying to find evidence to support that. Exactly. So one thing that always sticks with me is that I think seven out of all the cases of a false... Um, a false... Uh, confession. Confession. Um, 70% was because of eyewitness misidentification. Mm-hmm. So it could either be in a lineup or in a photo lineup. <clears throat> and uh, you, I've started to see it a couple times, like, shown in movies. But what they'll do is they'll be like, they'll, like, they'll go through a bunch of photos and they'll be like, what about this one, huh? What do you think about this one? Mm-hmm. And, then, you know, they kind of, they like... They hint at who yeah. they think it is. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, just many other things and just like uh, kind of work like twisting people's want for justice, like in the case of like if something really bad did happen to somebody, um, they kind of twist that want for justice into a more nefarious thing of you know, just shitty policing and wanting to not have open murders or open crimes on your books, it's, you know, for A lot stats. of it's just police laziness yeah. and incompetence. Like, now they have to redo this whole investigation. Well, yeah, and, you know, a lot of times, like, when I and think... And look, the, the person that actually committed this crime and shot this yeah. guy is still out there on the sure, loose. Sure, yeah. And the thing I always think about is, uh, I think about The Wire, and one of the things that The Wire, like, always brought up in, like, terms of policing is, like, the importance of stats. Mm -hmm. The importance of, you know, having murders in the red or in the black, you know, having them, you know, solved or unsolved. And, you know, I think that, I think that does play into, it's, like, kind of, like, a external pressure that maybe, you know, is put upon them by their superiors, but it still leads to the imprison, the false imprisonment, you know, like imprisoning someone for something they didn't fucking do. Yeah. You know, uh, and it's, it's just, it's just wrong. It's, you know, it's lazy. It's and- funny that you brought up the wire. Cause I saw somebody in the comments of this article, I believe mentioned a wire scene where they hooked up a guy to a Xerox machine and pretended it was a oh, lie yeah, detector. Yes, yeah, yeah. To get a false confession or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's like, you know, it, it, it's like a goofy way of like kind of describing it, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it's like, it's at a certain point, you know, it becomes like how much of the, I don't know. It's, it's hard to like kind of put into words, but it's just, it's, it's fucked up. It's something that a lot of police departments do in order to, you know, solve crime. But it's just like, it's kind of, it's just perverse and fucked up. And, you yeah. know, and, 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 and most, and the majority of circumstances, it ends up going against minorities yeah. and, you know, the imprisonment of them. And I'm, I'm sure, that, and of course, there's been people who've been put to death for fucking crimes that they found later on 
Yeah. They didn't commit. Almost definitely. Yeah, so... And I just feel bad for this kid, because, I mean, I can't imagine how it was for him. You know, they're alone, scared, tired anxious in a police station and they're just telling you and you just want you just want to go home and they're like hey look just tell us what happened T- confess right and we'll take you home and you know what we'll even get you some mcdonald's on the way back you know and of course like just for a kid who just wants to get back home and see his mom or whatever you know that sounds like an appeasing uh, appealing trade-off you know so yeah i mean like obviously this kid you know he's like he's 15 years old he didn't know but like fucking don't say anything to those motherfuckers until you got a lawyer oh, <laughs> get yeah. a lawyer present yeah i mean but you know not his fault he didn't yeah. know that but it also just like kind of leads to the idea of just like living which we are you know there's no denying that we are not living in a police state we mm. do i mean just the one of the things i always point to is there was this um there was a story in sf gate which is you know an sf publication mm. and it was bart police on bart and they're fully dressed up like they're going to war you know what i mean full like fully kitted uh you know an assault rifle and mm. you know policing in in america unfortunately is uh <laughs> severely fucked up yeah. and inherently like and that's why personally like i i have a lot of obligations obviously to the death penalty i think it's you know it's draconian and it's effed up and objections just, to the death penalty yeah what i say obligations obligations <laughs> yes i'm obligated no but i have obje- i have objections to, to the, the death penalty chair. because you know i think you know the state putting someone to death i mean i kind of already just kind of have like it just doesn't sit right with me but mm. also how could you com- condemn someone to death in America when you know policing is not, um, it's, they're not always coming out with like definite results mm. and they've screwed up many a different case. I mean, look for like the, the Casey Anthony thing where we all know that she killed her kid. Mm. We all know the evidence points heavily in that she did it, but you know, looks sometimes people get off who actually did it. OJ and <laughs> OJ? Twitter of Twitter world, hey, the Twitter world, and then some people get wrongly imprisoned, and that's it's equally as fucked up. Mm. And it's just I don't know. I found, it became a personal dilemma within myself, um, realizing the criminal justice system is flawed, heavily flawed, and how could I? be an arbiter of justice is something that you know how can i be a tool of the justice system in a justice system that's flawed and mm. you know racist yeah well. <laughs> yeah so anyway so yeah um let's let's move on to something a little lighter so yeah i mean well speaking of policing yeah policing <laughs> and criminal tragic. activity this is this is uh, th- look there's been a terrorizer of the mountain town our favorite mountain town uh, lake tahoe lake south tahoe. and in fact this is in south lake Ta- Cal- mm. uh, tahoe the california um, side yeah um and it's actually the majority of residents that have been terrorized by this 
unwanted criminal is uh, in the area still at called large. the uh, still at large is in the Tahoe Keys, and residents of South Lake Tahoe, in particular the Tahoe Keys, have been over the past couple months have been terrorized by a 500 pound black bear who's been lovingly nicknamed Hank the Tank. <laughs> Hank the Tank, that's right. He's so, a true-blooded American. <laughs> he is an American hero, Hank the Tank. He is. Uh, so, residents of South Lake And Tahoe, as we all know, bears are just bros. Bears are bros. And this is a big-ass bear, too, because... Oh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a chonky boy. I saw that the average weight of a black bear is around three... A male black bear is around 300 pounds. Hank the Tank is 500. He's nearly Holy. double normal so residents claim that Hank the Tank has quote lost all fear of humans <laughs> as he constantly breaks in the homes in fact at time at the time of me reading this story he has broken into over two dozen different homes and um, he goes in basically he's looking for food um, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife currently have hank as their most wanted animal that's right <laughs> and um they basically say that you know hank has realized that uh homes are whereabouts easy... unknown on 9 11 <laughs> he's, he's still at large and, he's, <laughs> and uh hank basically has learned that uh that homes are an easy source of food and he's mm. become so bold as to just enter any home he pleases um and to go in in search of food because obviously it's a lot easier to just go looking for uh leftover chicken nuggets than it Hello, is to go. average American <laughs> and especially because Hank's probably not the fastest of the black bears out there nah. <laughs> weighing in at five hundred he might be one of the strongest but he's not the fastest um. So also it's been reported that Hank has been the has been the source of over 150 calls to authorities have been placed regarding Hank and Hank's antics. Um, He's the, a wild boy. <laughs> so, you know, here uh, a, a recent story was that Hank uh, broke into a home through a small window and entered the home and began eating stuff. Um, the people in the house got scared. Obviously, there's a 500-pound black bear parading through your home just doing whatever he pleases. So they exited the home and they called the police. The police came and they banged alongside the, side, the exterior of the home until they were finally able to kind to scare Hank out of the home. Um, they claim that officers are, quote, trained to use deterrents such as loud sirens and dry firing their tasers uh, to kind of direct the bears on where to go. Um, so a bear league, um, which is a nonprofit wildlife group, has um, has began campaigning to, you know, um, hopefully have Hank uh, captured rather than you know euthanized yeah um people don't a lot of you know people are divided i think the easy answer i think for maybe the locals the homeowners is just be like oh we'll just fucking shoot this bear but you know the better more humane option here would be to you know capture hank and yeah and so that's what this bear league is campaigning for you know bears are pretty you know uh, like, humans like, in america haven't done bears you know they've done them a little dirty they've done them a little dirty to say the least and like you i know, said over bear, the centuries bears and, are bros yeah so i mean you know so 
the humane option here is to just capture Hank and relocate him to a sanctuary where maybe he can return to, you know, standing in the river and grab, grasping at salmon as they swim by like a nature dock or something. Um, but, you know, it's still undecided and Hank is still at large in within South Lake Tahoe. Uh-huh. And it's gotten I to re- such uh, a bad uh, a point. Uh, the town has called a, a town hall this week at the Tahoe Keys. Uh, I don't know what the hell we're going to do about <laughs> Hank. To discuss Hank and what to do with, um, with Hank. And so the Department of Wildlife is monitoring him. He's on their most wanted list. <laughs> and Hank still continues to parade around Tahoe unchecked. He's, wa- he's in, in, in question for the tax on 9-11. <laughs> Hank's wanted in relation to... He trained the pilots. <laughs> That's why he's on the most wanted list. I, I, really, I really hope that this bear doesn't get killed. Because yeah. honestly, like, I don't know what it is, man. I just have, like, even though I know bears you know, have killed people before. I just, I have a soft spot in my heart for bears. I can Be- see that. You may have some kinship with them. Yeah. I think. And you know, and I, I just like, they're cool I, animals. I mean, yeah, think when, about it. And like when I see videos of them, like, you know, like there's like this whole, like, you know, meme, like bears just being bros and mm. they really are just bros, dude. They just want to fucking. That's a meme. I thought you were just making that up. I never No, yeah, that it's a meme, am. man. Oh, it's a meme. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, you know, I just, I, I really hope that they don't kill this bear because, I don't know, it just, it just wouldn't feel right. Yeah. Just, I mean, he's badass. He's yeah. been the source of over two dozen break-ins, 150 calls to authorities. This bear is a fucking legend at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, no, this bear is a fucking he legend. What, he does whatever the fuck he wants. He just yeah. kicks open windows and, and comes in to go through your fridge. And you know, if that isn't the American way, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I mean, if you think about it too, like bears are pretty awesome animals. Like They're neither feline nor canine. They're their own, they're Ursula or whatever the fuck the bear family is called and they're kind of like a relic of, of a wilder time I think in you know before you know human civilization and cities you know kind of took over well, there most was of that, the world well, you know bear PR went down when that movie um Oh, the revenant no, the came revenant out. Where the bear attacks yes, that yes, guy. Yes, you know. I mean, the, at one time, like they they ranged North America, you know, with you know complete freedom. You know, they just and the grizzly bears are basically they're on the fucking California flag. They're yeah. on the fucking flag of California, so they mean something. They were iconic. They've been iconic here It'd in be our like state. Hunting down an American eagle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they're our, they're the symbol of California. That's you know? right. Like, That's right. We can't kill like <laughs> Most bears are fucking endangered now. Most species of bears, because they've been hunted off and just pushed out by humans, you know? And, like, this bear is just fucking... He's just adapting, kind of, if you think about it. I mean, they're in his area. They're in Hank's neighborhood, not the other way around. Hank is in... They're not... Hank isn't in their neighborhood. They're in Hank's neighborhood. That's right. And now they've got all this food everywhere. They're just going to expect that Hank's going to mind his own business and not rummage through their fridge from time to time. Of course, he's going to fucking go in for an easy fucking taste of fucking cinnamon toast crunch or whatever these motherfuckers got (laughs) so we'll end it off with you know hank our prayers are with you 
Yeah. And we hope that you don't we get killed. We support you, Hank. We support you. You're 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 visible to us. All right. <laughs> Hank's American hero. Yeah. Hank, Hank, Hank. Hank's life bear. matters. <laughs> Hank lives. <laughs> Hank's life matters. All right. He does. He does so matter. I, I wanna for the last story. Um, for our episode this week, I wanted to talk, get to something that I kind of wanted to get to last week, but we kind of ran out of time, had a lot of stuff to talk about, but I want to talk about this idea I had when we were in the parking lot and we were just talking and it's something I've been thinking about for a long time, but like how much, well, first off, I believe that WWE wrestling is the most American institution in in, in in the entertainment industry. Yeah. It's, um, and I believe that everything in life, even the Russian-Ukraine situation, can be traced back to professional wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wrestl- wrestling is a mirror of... Life is a mirror of American life, and it's something that was built to appeal to a very. I mean, I'm t- in terms of WWE. I'm not talking about like Japan wrestling, but mm. for America, Libre or something yeah, like that. But in American wrestling, it's always been very strangely very political. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, you know, on the topic of Russia. Um, you remember in the in the early '80s when the Cold War was still going on, a big, um, I a big like uh, reoccurring theme in wrestling was the face, the baby face character, the hero of of the whatever storyline that would be happening is like an all American wrestler, right. like you know your hacksaw Jim Duggan goes out waving the American flag, I'm America, I'm the hero, and then usually the heel, the bad guy, is a Russian of some kind of Russian like character comes out, you know, and he's like, I'm the Russian and I'm the bad guy. I don't like a metal guy. Yeah. And he gets all the booze and then they fight and the American, you know, sometimes the Russian would win, but a lot of times the American would have the overall, you know, big win at WrestleMania win the championship. And you know, it does reflect. Yeah. I I, I see what you're saying at the time. It reflected cold war tensions and whatnot. And so on on a personal note, me and you, grew up as fans of wrestling. Yeah. Still am. Still are. I don't watch it regularly. To an auxiliary extent. I've I toyed around with wa- I've, I've toyed around with watching AEW, yeah. but I just I, I don't know. I just it's it's maybe not for me at this point in time in my life. Okay. But I enjoy I enjoy watching WrestleMania. Like every year it's like it's like, you know, I get it like just watch the culmination of all these storylines mm-hmm. and And imagine. the storylines go on for years, yeah. you know. It's like a soap opera in that right. regard. Like And so yeah, so we character been, arcs last been, years, so, decades so, even. So I just want this is this is coming from our mutual a mutual love of wrestling. I but like also just because I think there's a lot like I said a lot of things that mirror actual life. Think mm-hmm. about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan is like all yeah, American. And who is, and who the, is probably the most famous and who wrestler. Is, uh, the Hulk Hogan's foe. The um what what's his name the uh, the 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 camel the camel clutch uh, Iron Sheik the Iron Sheik yeah. who is like Iranian and yeah. you know and you know it's <laughs> like you know you go like and he would come out you know waving the Iranian flag and be like Boo! yeah and then Hulk comes out and he's like, I'm, I'm a, a real, real American. American. 
rights of every man. Yeah, look at your brother. I love America and all these people. Yeah, I don't want my daughter dating anyone black. So, uh, I want to talk about the story of Muhammad Hassan. Okay. Um, so, uh, I'm going to pause real quick and I'm going to show Zach the Muhammad Hassan's debut, WWE debut. Okay. I have had enough. I've had a listen to these lies and now you're going to listen to me, like it or not. I used to be just like you, Mick Foley, and just like all of these people. I used to blindly support these troops, and I used to blindly support this country. Right up until 9-11. After 9-11, I was forced to open my eyes to the truth. And the truth is, it's people like us that are the real victims of this war. And the truth is that none of you people are real patriots. Because if you were, you would not support a war that promotes the unfair treatment of Arab Americans. This, this is no longer the land of the free. And this, this is no longer the home of the brave. I, I am a prisoner in my own country. And I feel your patriotism at every airport, on every corner, and especially right now. So that was... Muhammad Hassan. Debut. Debut at Raw. <laughs> Monday Night Raw in Huntsville, Alabama. Raw in Huntsville, Alabama. In the, in the, they knew what they were doing with the crowd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Having Mick Foley, who's a notorious baby face. Yeah. People love him because, he, I mean, let's be honest, he's awesome. Yeah. He's just, he he's, played a few other like characters, too, throughout his time as a professional wrestler. Right. Yeah. So, debuting on Monday... Uh, WWE on Monday Night Raw in December 2004, Muhammad Hassan alongside Kasro Davari, the Amer- Arab American duo, portrayed two young adult men <clears throat> upset at the negative stereotypes and dis- discrimination afforded to fellow American. Arab Americans post 9/11. Yeah, and I mean, like when they introduced him in this clip. Um, it started with like this salute to the troops bit where it showed them doing the USO yeah. show, going to Iraq. Because this is in 2004, yeah. in the heat of the Iraq war. Right. And it shows them going to Iraq, doing the WWE USO show. And so they're having this moment where he's like, we love the troops, we support the troops. And then in in the, all this buildup, you know, it's like how they play to the crowd. Yeah. You know, so they're doing this whole hoorah, America, love, God bless the troops buildup. And then they bring out this essential. Essentially, 
figure piece of the quote unquote <clears throat> bad guys, you know. Right. The Muslims. Two, two super heels were yeah. born. <laughs> <laughs> they brought out, you know, them on, in the midst of this, you know, God bless America and God bless the troops moment. Then it's like cut out with that, yeah. like I literally that's the entrance song I think of it's them. gone a little better in re- recent years, but Early yeah, two, I, early two thousands mm-hmm. for being an Arab in America was it was like people straight up thought you were terrorists. Like yeah. I mean, it's like and it's it's it was a real sentiment at the time, mm-hmm. you know, because nine eleven brought us all together, right? And I mean, George Bush, who is a terrible president, had ninety percent approval rating after nine eleven mm-hmm. because it's just something that that got people. You know, rah rah America. Let's mm-hmm. support our troops. Let's go glass some countries <laughs> yeah. in the Middle East. Where are you with the towers? <laughs> <Yeah>, fail. <laughs> so, both in their early twenties and green to this level of stardom, they expertly provoked a nation that fell under constant threat from the Middle East. Constant threat. Hmm. <laughs> Quotation marks. <laughs> uh, both. Uh, yes, and. And let's and there's a term in the wrestling um, community called heat. Yeah. Right, and it's like um, it's basically how good the crowd responds to what's yeah. like your character on the stage. Yeah, whether boos or cheers, because for yes. a heel, like boos is generating heat, and that's actually good for them in terms of their performance and what right. they're trying to invoke from the crowd. So, and there's no heat. Like anti-American heat. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, this is like what I said at the beginning. This is what they used to do with the Russian characters during Cold War 80s WWF at the time, you know. Right. They used to do the exact... And they did it well into the Attitude Era of the 90s, where then they, yeah, they started to pick up more using heels as, like, Middle Eastern guys, you know, or Arabs or whatever. But the funniest part I we haven't mentioned yet is Mohammed Hassan was actually... A POC he wasn't of a, even, a, POC he wasn't of a even, different name. He wasn't even he Arab, was he? He was Italian. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yes. Yeah, so. You know, he's probably Sicilian or something, or I southern mean, look, Italy. Look, southern he's Italy. still POC because he's Italian. But, oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> you kidding. love that, huh? <laughs> it just makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. You're mayo with olive oil. That's what I like to call it. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, you know, I just, like, this, like, just sums up to me, like, American wrestling is the most American institution. I mm. like I believe in like our popular culture, yeah. right? Like it's a cultural institution. It, you know, it's like a it's like a zeitgeist. It like it plays on what's popular. Mm. Like it, um, it definitely you, is like I think a microcosm is a good way to, to yeah, describe that's a good, it. A that's microcosm a good word. of like America's sentiments and 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 you know feelings at the time right which is interesting yeah. that makes that's like honestly like one of the most interesting parts about it mm-hmm. is that it is such a mirror and a reflection like you remember um you remember crime time yeah i do remember, you remember crime, crime time, time? And crime... when i was watching wrestling yeah. at age 13 yeah so like 2006 you know mm-hmm. the bling uh i think they called it like the bling era of, of rap hip-hop yeah um where you know it was like a lot of like the sag dope pants, boys and you know you know uh and they came out ugk style yeah hip-hop and i remember their theme song wasn't their theme song like we're gonna rob you or something <laughs> like that like yeah like, their whole bit it was two black guys like dressed up like you know 
guys on the streets of Baltimore, New York City, or something. And I think that was supposed to be the 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 uh, Kate, the characters like uh, bit to the shtick, you know that. Um, you know that they're like kind of gangsters, you know, and they come in wait, and they're hey, dressed on, and like they had Timberlands on. Wait, dude, wait, I swear on. they wore Timberlands. Wait. Brooklyn, Papa Forty, and check your rollies. <laughs> they're just the video is just them robbing people. <laughs> They're called Crime Time. It's two black <laughs> yeah. guys. And so, and so basically... This isn't even that long ago. This is 2006. Yes. So the reason why we're laughing is because it's a hilariously comical caricature of caricature of black people. Inner city black people. Yeah, yeah. and it's racist for sure. (laughs) I mean, no one's like, when people go like, oh, wrestling is racist. It's like, yeah, dude, of course it is. (laughs) Look at who's running it. Vince McMahon. (laughs) Vince McMahon. No homie of Donald Trump. (laughs) Vince McMahon wrote a story like just like one little side bit where he says, what's up, my N-word to Booker T. And it was just like, yeah, he's he's a crazy. He wrote that. He wrote that line for himself. He wrote a storyline where his daughter gets drugged, married, and implied that they consummated a marriage <laughs> with Triple H. Yeah, with Triple H, a real husband in real life too. Yeah, crazy. Vince McMahon is a. He's a he, terrible person. Yeah. I he's, mean, like, he's, he's doing this all, like, for the show, essentially. Like, it's yeah. what he thinks, I think, will generate the most heat. And, right. like, will generate the biggest audience and response. And let me ask you this. Who's Vince McMahon most like? Well, I would say that'd be our 45th president, good old Donald Trump. Yeah, like I said, they're friends in yeah, real life. And yeah. Donald Trump's been... On wrestling, plenty of yeah. times, and uh, you remember, been remember in when WrestleMania. Used, remember when they used the meme where it was like Donald Trump taking down like the like the media, and it was be, it was like all the people coming in. It was like CNN, and you know, he's just like slamming them. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. The point, Vince McMahon, like I think he was like at least like he had some self awareness in that when he came out, his persona his shtick was that he was like the bad like corporate boss like that was always right. kind of his his bit and his son shane mcmahon would come in He's and was kind of like the heel. spoiled rich but that's kid. what they really were and that's yeah. what they really <laughs> were like hey look in the fa- false self exists a part of the true self <laughs> yeah when you look into the abyss that's what looks back <laughs> but yes you know um but what i want to extrapolate 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 to um, life is especially in the political sphere. I feel like definitely um, like a knowledge of wrestling kind of gives you like a kind of different like insight into like politics, which I, mm-hmm. it sounds it sounds We've weird. We've used terms here on this show before, like face, heel, or kayfabe, yeah. to describe things that aren't necessarily, even though those are re- that's wrestling jargon, right. that those aren't necessarily, when we're talking about things, we've used those terms before, where we're not necessarily talking about wrestling. Yeah. But those terms kind of, they're, they're, they're versatile. They can apply yeah. to different things. Yeah. yeah, and look, you can even look at, like I said, this whole Ukraine thing as wrestling in a, in a way like in a way like like it's like a wrestling feud yeah between western imperialist forces yeah. and another imperialist force yeah. uh russia. russia you know what i mean it's just like it's 
it's just funny because it kind of just, I, I, I think my love of wrestling for, you know, I think it's because of how much it pokes fun at how ridiculous America really is. Yeah. Do you remember, do you remember, um, some of the Mexican characters, even though the Mexican characters were always faces most of the time, uh, other than maybe yeah. sometimes Chavo would go a bit heel yeah. Chavo Guerrero, but because I think there's a, a, a large Eddie, Eddie percentage. Eddie was a heel. For some time, yeah, but he was much loved for his finesse and tech, tech, sure, technical sorry. abilities. We're getting lost in the weeds. Um, <laughs> but I think a, a reason a lot of Mexican wrestlers in the WWE our faces is because a large portion of the audience is li- people Latino people are a large portion of the wrestling well, audience no, but do you remember like there's a, like a duo of like Lucha Libre's on on Friday Night Smackdown that would come on in on lawnmowers they would ride like lawnmowers yeah, and it yeah. was funny and it's still kind of funny right now but yeah it's essentially like a lot of times it would project caricatures onto and, these and characters stereo- like crime racial type. stereotypes yeah, yeah like crime time being you know ga- inner city gangster thugs the Mexican characters had- a lot of them being you know, on lawnmowers, for example. You, there was one bit with Crime Time where they had a fake George Bush come out, and yeah. and then Crime Time came out and robbed George Bush. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay, that's pretty funny. Yeah, like, and look, it's like, yeah, it's playing off the negative stereotype that black people yeah. are criminals, but it's like it's, it's a, like WWE is holding a mirror up to America, and yeah. saying this is what you you like this, you're yeah. enjoying this. Yeah, exactly. This is how so you in a way, feel. so in a way. Is it, yeah, exactly. Is this your only your and so I feel like your view on wrestling, your view on it is your view on America. Well, you know <laughs> what, what I heard in years since I've stopped watching, what I heard as an interesting thing was how they re- revamped um, the women's division there. Because if you remember from watching it during our time and previous eras of wrestling, like a lot of times the women who they would refer to as divas. Um, you know, we're essentially just there as like, you know, sex objects, you know, like remember, right. like I remember, was it WrestleMania 22? They had yeah, one they had woman's a, match and it was, yeah, the playboy show. pillow fight, you yeah. know, and it was essentially a lot of these matches between the women just existed. To, women you know, existed only as sex objects. Yeah, like I can do like yeah. parade them out in lingerie and have them, you know, have like a womanly fight where their hair pulling and slapping. But Here's where it changed in, you know, the past five or so years. Um, fans uh, actually petitioned the WWE with a campaign called Give Divas a Chance, Give Women a Chance. Right. And asked for a more serious, more, uh, a style more more akin to how the male wrestlers are. And WWE listened. And in no, since, go broke. And, and <laughs> since years, like, women are given, and yeah. wrestling given much more well, screen time not, equal to the men. And one headlined wrestler, one of the, one headlined uh, was, is, is Sasha Banks and Bianca Del Rio, something that's, like that. That's the one we saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Their, their, their storylines are more driven, um, you know, by, you know, drama as the men's are, not just as lo- as lust, lustful objects. Yeah, there's more quality behind it. More thought and time is given to the, the women now. And I don't even think they call them divas anymore. No, I they think. just call yeah. it the women's division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, I do find it interesting. Like, in terms, again, it's a reflection maybe of how America's feeling. People, the fans said, hey, we don't feel that women women can be so much more than just you know eye candy and right. and objects as a palate cleanser in between the men's matches right. and they gave them a chance and now the, the women's division is 
is is pretty big and you yeah. know and has and you know been of... fairly successful you know so, and it's you know instead of banking on being like oh Playboy haha like yeah, you know sexy booba, women booba. like they're yeah look at the games on her so it is interesting how wrestling does also kind of change with the times too in, in that regard you know but so there's one one last thing I wanted to talk about and um I think it's the most glaring one is how pro-military the WWE is. And that's, like, through example of one of the more famous, like, you know, like, rah-rah pro-military members, John Cena, right? Yes. Who went from exactly who, who, who went from being a goofy, like, white boy... He was uh, a white guy rapper. When yeah. we first... Remember when I first started watching wrestling... Around 2005, when I first started, his character persona was the Doctor of Thugonomics. He still went by the name John Cena, right. but he would come in with like so um, a rap, so a lame. more hip hop style song playing. He made the WWE and, um, spinner belt. Um, <laughs> well, he yeah, and he was he was kind of cool then, but during my time of watching they transitioned him into being the john cena most people know today which is still kind of left with the remnants of that like white guy rapper with the you can't see me still comes out to you know a hip-hop song he made but yeah he kind of turned into the marine he salutes he does shout outs to the troops he was in a fucking movie called the marine right you know so they did kind of change him to be a more marine-esque from this white guy rapper coming off the hot the heat the height of uh you know m&m's you know coming onto the right, scene right playing off that popularity but then the uh you know when that bit i guess went stale for them they changed him into the marine character which is who we have today you can't see me john cena right um you know and he's probably uh, arguably the most famous wrestler of all time next to hulk hogan and the rock so well yeah because now he's like a legitimate like you know movies yeah. he's like in movies and shit now, yeah from like, time to time yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, but my point is, is just like, I mean, I guess th that it just kind of goes to show like how pro military America it really is. Like, I feel like honestly, yeah. like even, I mean, you see this in all sports. I mean, like fucking you go to a live sport event here in the States yeah, and it starts with like, you know, the national anthem and a salute to the troops. I know you've been the one where they're like, we're having a flyover from like two blue angel jets are going to fly over, you know? And like, yeah. you know, there's always like some, sh uh, before the game it's even pageantry. starts, yeah, it's pageantry. military pageantry occurs before any professional event. So this isn't the pro military angle isn't exclusive to the wwe no no but i just think it's it's just like kind of reflects like i said like the my whole thesis of this idea is that wrestling is a reflection of the society it's in i think that's honestly one of the saddest aspect is not just like the the race the obviously racist stuff mm. but the the fact of like how pro-imperialist <laughs> america is yeah you know and the guys under of this like support for the troops and it's just it's a bummer but mm. you know my appreciate i what i wanted to share with our audience is that my appreciation my appreciation of wrestling has had unintended um had me viewing the world in a in a, a different light and I just when you watched it, you meant? No, no, no. I mean, talking about now, like oh, yeah. with my pre, my like as I'm, you know, I'm a dull. I'm, you know, I have come to like my own, you know, beliefs and ideas. But when you 
like see something, especially like I was saying in the political sphere, you're like, man, this like sometimes I'll be like, this feels like some professional wrestling shit. Mm. Like, like when, you know, two senators are, are fighting over a bill. It's just like, I'm like, they're literally just doing pro wrestling right now. They're yeah. literally just talking shit. And well, you know, you know who had an interesting video about this is, uh, I know you've seen it about triple H's rise to stardom right. is max, What's his name? Landis. Landis yeah. yeah, I mean, he's been in trouble since this video was produced, but it's he's a good a sex video. Pest, Look, yeah. it's a good video regardless. It is, it and is, um, he basically does state like kind of something similar, you know, about how wrestling is changes with the times to reflect that, you know, and he talks about how wrestling was kind of this stale America versus Russia bit over and over again. And it wasn't until the attitude era when things got a bit more edgy and raunchy and they're appealing to, you know, a more uh, disillusioned, more jaded generation in the nineties of you right. know Gen Xers that they come out with D generation X, you know, triple H, right. Shawn Michaels, and they're out there being like, suck it, suck it, you yeah. know, and like kind of like <laughs> yeah. very in your face, yeah. like, you know, raunchy and shit. But that appealed, I think to a lot of young men during that time of like kind of almost like punk rock in a little bit you know they come out there being like fuck you Vince McMahon fuck you mom suck it you know (laughs) in your face you know and and you know since then D-Generation X they did make a comeback when we were were watching wrestling you know kind of aged but funny just real funny side note there was a D-Generation X it's not a a funny side note but the storyline where Degen- Degeneration X blew up Vince McMahon's limo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then next week, Vince McMahon has to come on and be like, um, Chris Benoit... Uh, <laughs> is dead, and his whole family's dead, too. Yeah, and then they're... And <laughs> they're laughing about yeah, that. Yeah, man, and that was one of the most... Wa- and for people that might not know, in 2007, Chris Benoit, who was a pretty well-established wrestler... I, yeah, and I pretty, liked him. I yeah, liked him and, at and the time. And fairly popular. Yeah. He was a face... Um, he killed his, he he was killed known his as, son, yeah. his wife, and then himself. And um, they. I remember watching that Monday Night Raw, too, because, yeah, like you said, they left it on a big cliffhanger. Vince McMahon got in his limo. It blew up due to Degeneration X. I was following it. I mean, and then they it, it was come so out believable. To the, to the air next week, it and was, it's Vince McMahon standing there being yeah. like, rest in peace, Chris Benoit. And they didn't even have all the details Listen, yet. They've it, since scrubbed Chris Benoit yeah. from all WWE yeah. content and legacy. His legacy has been entirely scrubbed yeah. from wrestling. And, you know, it, it cast an even bigger shadow on the wrestling world because, you know, a lot of wrestlers do die young. A lot of them do have substance abuse issues and mental, and mental health, health yeah. issues and CTE. So, you know, it, did, it, it, it is a phantom that hangs over wrestling that's un- the unspoken you know shadow Listen, over it it was such a good storyline the vince mcmahon blowing up mm-hmm. that it even convinced our dear president donald trump that vince mcmahon had been in danger he called yeah he called <laughs> he called yeah, we mentioned that before on this yeah show, i know yeah. but i just i love that story i just love that Okay, can someone get me Vince on the phone? Is he okay? <laughs> I saw his limo blew up. And <laughs> <laughs> explain to him. I just, I really. This isn't real. This isn't real life. Um, <laughs> this um, is a show. <laughs> Mr. Trump, sir, uh, I don't know if you know this, but wrestling isn't real. <laughs> What? <laughs> it's unbelievable. No way. I, I don't, don't believe that. that. It's no, like, no, no, no. It's performance art. <laughs> it's like when my dad told me Santa isn't real. We all know he's real. <laughs> or actually, no, he doesn't think Santa's real. Because no. remember, there's, yeah, that, there's, there's that infamous... Seven's way too old to still <laughs> yeah. believe in Santa. I love that clip where Donald Trump's like, he's like, how old are you, Seven? 
Well, I believe in Santa at this age. It's marginal, look, look, isn't it? I, I want to stick with the wrestling. I don't yeah. want this to become a tangent about Donald Trump. We've had plenty of those. But, um, you know, so back to like the D-Generation X stuff and whatnot. Right. Like, I do think that, you know, D-Generation X at my age of 12, 13 years old watching that was fucking sick and dope to me, too, you know? So, yeah, sure. you know, I think they, you know... Uh, at the end of the day, the writers behind WWE do kind of know what they're doing and they do know like the audience they're appealing to. So I think a lot of the big reasons that, you know, wrestling might reflect the storylines that is reflect and the characters reflect like America at the time is because, you know, the writers are aware of what's going on in the world and they write storylines that appeal to that, you know? And, yeah, you know, it is a great show. And like, you know, there's been obviously all bad storylines here and there, but like overall, like it is a great piece of television and no, just a yeah. great piece of art. And there has been some great characters, some iconic characters and some great storylines written there with a lot of emotion and a lot of heart, you know? So, you know, for all the bad, it might reflect of America. I think it reflects a lot of cool things too. About yeah, America, if, if any you know? of this, if any of this uh, interests you, I would recommend checking out the Dark Side of the Ring. Great uh, series. It's, it's a really cool series that gives you, it, and I don't even think you really have to have like a, a, a big knowledge of wrestling to enjoy it. It's um, a lot of really interesting stories. Um, other than that, I think I'll agree with you though. I th- I will say final word about this. I do yeah. think uh wrestling in of itself WWE slash WWF is a great piece of Americana. Yeah, in terms of one hundred percent value yeah. to the world of art. Yeah, and I just I don't think it. My point was is I just don't think it gets acknowledged as such. And I think it's I look as I'm not like the I'm not watching every day, but it's just one of those things where it's like. It's something that's always going on. Mm -hmm. And anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, like, I stopped following wrestling fucking 15 years ago, you know, give or take. And yet it still carries on. And some of those wrestlers I grew up watching have since retired a lot of them. But some of them are still there, you know. So do you remember the character, the Sandman, that would come down from the rafters smashing beers on his face? That was always my dad's favorite. No, my favorite. (laughs) My dad was like, I love that guy that drinks beer. No, my favorite favorite one when I was younger, I loved the Boogeyman. He was this guy. That was a weird one. He came out with a clock. He came out with a clock and he, like, had worms all in his mouth. Yeah, he would eat the worms. Yeah, yeah. Supposedly there are real worms too, and yeah. the guy was just crazy. When yeah, he, did real he, worms. Was, he was a cool dude. <laughs> anyway, so I think that's gonna do it for us this week. Um, you know, plug our contact info. Yes, Bash Brothers Pod at protonmail.com. Emails in the description. Um, what's our Twitter again, Zach? Uh, the Twitter is at uh, ZNB the Bash Bros. Uh, ZMB present the Bash Bros Pod on Twitter. Um, find us, follow us, uh, send us your thoughts. If you are you a wrestling fan, have you once been a wrestling fan? What do you think about it? Do you watch WrestleMania every year like we do? Um, what do you think about this last little bit we yeah. did? We'd be we'd be interested in hearing people's views and ideas about about WWE and whatnot. So, or any of the other stories we talked yeah, about yeah. today, or send us suggestions for things to talk about too. And yep. whatnot. So that will do it for us this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for loving. Thank you for being you. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. We're out of here. Peace. I am a real American. Fight for the right 
what's right.